Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you missed our, uh, message, or our uh, program live, you can uh, listen on uh, our radio app, or you can listen on the podcast. And if you have questions, you can also send them to at SWAT radio talk. That's at SWAT radio talk on both Facebook and Twitter. Again, at SWAT radio talk is the handle. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> well, happy August. Yeah, I know. Crazy. No right? hurricane. Uh, well, I, there is, there's a tropical storm out there, yeah. uh, but for us, it was pretty much a non-event day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking it was going to rain all day. Yeah. I mean, they had projected all this rain, and we got a couple of light showers. But mm-hmm. I don't know about you. What about you? Because you live a little west of us. Yeah, no, we just got some some showers. I, I guess it's supposed to rain at 4, but my wife was telling me that uh, it actually moved off a little bit from the coast. So I guess that's maybe why. Well, uh, we're very grateful. I know yeah. that a lot of people were were you know buying water yeah. <laughs> down in the miami area buying water and getting seven day supplies of food again and i was like wow it's all august yeah it's early august uh, anyway uh if you're just tuning in this is swat radio swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and normally in the september to december and the january through may time frame what we're doing is we go back and walk through what we cover in the SWAT Bible studies. We have six SWAT groups around the country, five here and one out in Colorado Springs, that we teach through books of the Bible. And uh, right now our current series, we're in Hebrews, and we're going to pick that back up uh, the second week of September. But over the summer, we've been doing a series uh, called Letters to the Church, which was a book by Francis Chan, a pastor out in California who became a missionary came back uh he's he's a minister who uh, was trying to get a message of calling the church back to biblical community which is what we we're missing i think we're missing a lot and we've talked about that and uh the first segment of the well and then we took a little detour last week into how big is your god daniel and we're going to kind of continue on with that because we're only uh, we're going to be on today and Wednesday, Taylor and I, and then tomorrow we have H. B. Charles, the pastor at Shallow Metropolitan Baptist Church. He's going to be our guest. He's our retreat speaker for the SWAT retreat next weekend, and then uh, Thursday we're going to have one of my board members and a local bank. Uh, President Bennett Brown. He's been in the banking business for many years. He's also been very active in uh, in getting a vote vote out, getting people to exercise their right to vote, being a good citizen. You know, uh, the thing is, we live in a country that we have an ability to cast a vote for who we want to lead this country. 
And it's a responsibility, a privilege. Mm-hmm. Not every country gets it. This experiment that happened 200 plus years ago um, has been one of the greatest countries uh, because of that process and having people choose who lead in a democratic republic. And it's really being threatened right now in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it's being threatened because we live in a time for the last really I don't know, a few years where we've seen divisiveness. I was reading today on social media, some a person posted something just about everything that's been going on with the pandemic and, and kind of what politicians have been saying, the news media has been saying, how they've distorted it and how we're, are, we're seeing our freedoms erode a little bit, mm-hmm. not because of our Christian faith, but just because of the really mob rule mm-hmm. and and other things and some of the comments that came back against the person that posted that were just they were uncivil and and they were nasty they were just mm-hmm. bad i mean they, they i mean i i can't even say what they said on air and it's really discouraging for a lot of people and i know that a lot of people would rather just stick their head in the sand and say okay when's this going to be over come on let's move on yeah but we may be here for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to look at passages in the Bible like Daniel, um, that that God has has raised up a guy like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah, their Hebrew names, and he's raised them up in a time where Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most powerful and wicked guys, mm-hmm. Uh, arrogant guys around he killed people for not worshiping him yeah very much like roman caesars sometimes would do and so as we talk about these issues whether it's the pandemic or the racial uh tensions the the, the ethnic tensions we see here uh, all these things are starting to increase against christians in fact i don't know if you saw taylor out in portland oregon over uh, the weekend, they were may have been Friday. They were burning Bibles. Yeah, I saw that. They they actually were taking joy and taking God's word and putting it in a fire and sitting there, and they were just putting mm-hmm. stacks of them in the Bible. Uh, a statue of Jesus was beheaded in Miami recently. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about these things. I mean, it can it can cause alarm, but we don't have to fear. We can we we live in a country where we have the freedom to express our desire to our representatives and pray for them, pray for our leaders, pray for their wisdom. Even if you don't agree with them, pray for them. We're commanded to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, but but we also have a responsibility and so this week on thursday we're going to have bennett brown and his friend uh ginger Soud. and uh ginger was a councilwoman here for a long time and i think she's running for an office but bennett and ginger have worked together on the family uh council the family council family faith uh a lot of different organizations uh, i know they were involved in the billy graham crusade when it came to town and so um i want them to come in and kind of share with us why it's important for Christians not to put their hope in politics, but yet to exercise their rights. It's good citizenship yeah. to do that, you know? And I mean, you're a younger guy, you're, you're in your thirties, but 
is do you see that as important for people in i know your age group hasn't taken it very seriously probably because of a lot of hypocrisy but how do you mm-hmm. personally deal with it um yeah i've always uh you know being a history guy i've always seen uh civic duties as being important uh i think that increasingly though in our society it's becoming uh less important to a lot of people and i also think that the type of divisiveness and discord we're having is troublesome as far as to be able to keep uh elections and transfers of power peaceful rather than leading to uh you know sectarian violence and stuff like that which is pretty worrisome to me so um all that to say is that yeah this is a time where if we don't get things right coming in november we might see some real trouble quicker than maybe we would are going to see it anyway. Cause really what it comes down to is we need to have a revival, you know, and really as a nation turn from our wicked ways, you know, and I'm, that's, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that, um, that when I saw them burning Bibles, mm. I, I just, I mean, other than a fringe person or two, I, I, I was just kind of taken back by that. I mean, to see the photo of it yeah. and the video of them actually shoveling, the, it, it reminded me of something out of, you know, Hitler's Germany yeah. or, or out of some other mm-hmm. totalitarian leader doing that, not people in this country doing that. Yeah, and in on the face of it, you wouldn't think it makes sense as far as with what people say that they're protesting about. And, and yeah, what like does that. the Bible have to do with anything yeah, but, that they're struggling with? Out but there? I think they show their ideology, which is that that's anti-God and the attacks on churches and stuff that's been on the rise for the past month. And, and you know, the attempts to burn them down and to deface uh, statues and go at the Catholic Church uh in particular, as far as, well, you know, obviously the Protestant church as well, but as the Catholics seem like they're uh, talking about it a little bit more mm. um, because, you know, they've got the history of those statues that they have of some of their priests that are getting attacked. Um, but, yeah, I think that is all uh, a symptom or that's showing that this isn't about equality or whatever they say it's about, but rather it's about destroying and uh, degrading the culture so that they can bring in a new culture and a new government. Yeah, well, it's, I think you're exactly right, and uh, I think we've lost civil discourse mm-hmm. in this country, which is really necessary. And if you're going to have a democratic republic yep. with a free exchange of ideas, uh, I remember when we were in Israel, um, we were talking to this guy, and he was telling us about how rabbis used to argue so strongly and passionately with each other that people would think they hated each other. But yet they were good friends, yeah. And they just were so passionate. And when one rabbi's quote arch enemy died, mm-hmm. he wasn't really his enemy. He just was always at odds with him on the interpretation of scripture. And when his uh, friend died, he said, "Now who's going to teach me?" Even though all they disagreed on so many things, he was making the statement that I learned from my disagreement. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back in my own life. It's when I disagree with somebody, it makes me dig in and learn about what I really believe. Yep. And if you can't have the conversations, then you're not challenged to think. And when we come back, I want to quote President George Bush 
who spoke at um, the funeral last week or the memorial service for John Lewis and share that quote and talk about that a little bit when we come back. All right. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ church. They use published works to teach God's word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you're just joining us right before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, what happened over the weekend with uh, with Bibles being burnt and uh, churches being uh, attacked, uh, statues of Jesus' head being chopped off. I think that was a, a few weeks ago, but just the mounting uh, level of vitriol towards the church as well as the inability to have conversations with one another yeah what do we do yeah. like what are, how how do we respond as christians i mean do we uh I, I think our our 
just immediate response a lot of times is say, well, it's just better not to say anything, mm. which is what a lot of people want us to do. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea is it, it's it. you don't have to say the truth hatefully. You yeah. can say it lovingly to people, but we don't stop speaking the truth to people just because they get nasty and they say things terrible. We have to pray for wisdom. We are to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And, you know, George Bush was uh, at the memorial for John Lewis last week, and uh, he made this statement. He said, you know, and, and he and, uh, you know, John Lewis didn't get along that well politically, yeah. mm-hmm. just in a political realm. And he acknowledged that, and he says, but, you know, we both fought for a country where we could express our differences. He said, differences of opinion are inevitable elements and evidence of democracy in action. Now think about that. What he says is true. I mean, if you really have a democracy, if you are a democratic republic where people are going to have a free exchange of ideas, then you've got to be able to hear from the other side. When you start shutting people down with social media mm-hmm. uh, and telling and, – and, you resort to name calling and shaming uh, uh, without making logical, statistically backed or data backed arguments. Yeah. You're just throwing opinion out there. Um, then, and and you're using name calling to sh- silence people. And a lot of Christians feel like, well, this is not going anywhere. It's not worth the time. Which is exactly what people want you to do. Mm-hmm. And so we are to, in love, speak the truth. And what what that means is we should not be ashamed to say if we believe something. Uh, I, you know, I, I got an email in response to our guest on Friday. And I, I think the, the gentleman that wrote me the email, I, I, don't, I didn't hear the same thing he heard. Well, you know, in talking to you, you said, well, I see how he can see that. Well, see, I didn't see how he could see that. But that's because we're all different. Yeah. And we view things through different lens. And so we need to be able to talk things through and have conversation. The moment you stop conversing and you start attacking, then you don't engage with each other and you don't learn. Yeah. And I, trying to silence others is, I think, a big part uh, of what one particular side or faction of people is trying to do and i think it's because they don't want us to have a a democratic republic they don't want freedoms and they think that part of the way to silent is to silence people in order to further that and i think my question on that end is how do you engage with someone who is uh like ideologically possessed to the point where that they won't even listen to what you have to say uh well, I think is there a point where you not, just say, okay, that you know, there's no conversation to be had here, or well, I th- I th- I think there there are times that you do have to walk away. Mm-hmm. I I do believe that, but that doesn't mean you walk away without sharing the truth right. necessarily. Uh, although, um, I know the Bible talks about not casting your pearls before swine mm-hmm. in the gospel and giving. And understanding that there's some people that just are never going to see it. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, I get into sometimes I'll get into conversations with people about the Bible, about things, what the Bible says. And it'll come up in the conversation that um, I don't 
I don't believe that the Bible is 100% true in everything. Mm. It was written by men. And I'm like, well, then we have a problem. Yeah. Because either God wrote the Bible or he didn't. Mm-hmm. And when what I do is take people to scriptures like Second um, Timothy, I'm sorry, Second Peter 1, where it says no scripture was given by somebody's own private interpretation. Uh, it was the will. It was the Holy Spirit that moved men to write it. Um, and so I, I think if they don't believe that the Bible is true, then the first place you got to start with them is their need for Jesus. Mm. Because if if because most people, uh, if if you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to a place of acknowledging God's word. Because yeah. the Holy Spirit will not be untrue to himself. He's going to do that. So, um, you know, I do want to address something, you know, we were talking about um, earlier. I mean, we, and we've made this statement, and sometimes a lot of people, um, Taylor, will, and you're a history major, um, as you think about America, a lot of people think that America is a democracy. Mm-hmm. It, it, do you want to take a stab at the difference between a democracy and a democratic republic? Uh, a democracy is when two sides get together to figure out how they want to divvy up someone else's property. Uh, I think I can't remember who said that, but it, basically, a democracy is uh, rule of the the many. Uh, mob rule is another name for it. Whereas a republic ensures that the uh, the small, the little people get a voice yeah. as well. Yeah, because the framers of the Constitution knew that if everybody just chose by mob rule, mm-hmm. it would be disastrous. Yeah. Right? It never would have survived as long as it has. And they say some pretty negative things about democracy. Oh, uh, they do. In, in their writings. Well, um, it, they, um, they warned. Here's some of the warnings they warned against. One, real liberty is not found in the extremes of democracy, but in moderate governments. I mean, that's wise when you stop yeah. and think about it. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, Hamilton, you know, <laughs> the big thing. Anyway, he wrote, if we incline too much to democracy, then we will soon shoot into a monarchy or some other form of a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with what we're seeing right now, because you have these mobs that are shutting people down from free expression mm-hmm. and and it could very easily go into totalitarian regime. Yep. All right. Thomas Jefferson said that a democracy is nothing more than mob rule, which you said a while ago, where 51% of the people can take away the rights of the other 49. And that's what tr- they're trying to do, uh, these mobs. James Madison said that democracies have never or have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention. They have ever been incompatible with personal security or the rights of property and have in general been as short in their lives as they've been violent in their deaths. And if you look at our country, the reason that uh, we have survived is we were uh, a democratic Republic because the framers knew that that would be a more moderate form of government, not as uh, violent, not as um, extreme. And now we're seeing extremes on both ends, just Mm -hmm. to be candid with you. I mean, and it, listen, a, an extreme right wing form of government is just as dangerous as an extreme left wing. Uh, so don't don't uh, 
don't feel like just because it, it it's one way it's going to be better than another. The whole idea there is you have a free exchange of ideas that keeps each other in check. Mm-hmm. That's why they created three branches of government. So people who think the president can just do anything he wants, he can't. Yeah. There's checks and balances. Um, and so whoever the president is or the Congress is or the Supreme Court, listen, I don't agree with all the decisions they've made. It's lasted for over 250 years. Mm-hmm. It's been a good form of government, better than any in existence prior. Uh, so, except I would probably say God's the way God did Israel was good for what he wanted. There. Yeah. I, I don't want to compare it to that. Right. But all the human forms of government, there's been nothing better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we started with Judeo-Christian values. And so, you know, for our listeners... What does all that have to do with God's word and us? Well, God's people have always been sojourners. They've been uh, strangers or exiles or journey. They've been travelers. Yeah. And for us, America is not our home. It's just our, it's our place where we are. So think of us in exile like Daniel and his three friends were in exile. And so we are here. For as long as God leaves us here, but while we're here, he can give us favor with people, and he he probably has. I guarantee you that each person listening probably has somebody in their sphere of influence who doesn't know Jesus that God can give them favor to minister to for him. So we're all missionaries here in this government, and now we live in a time with the pandemic, with the riots, with everything, where people are going, why, why, why? Yeah. Well, that's a perfect opportunity to stand for Jesus and to let people know that your ultimate loyalty is not to a party, it's not to a person here on earth, it's to Jesus. And if you can't do that or you're not doing that, you might want to take a step back and reflect a little bit on why God has you here. Yeah. Um, We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and to our sponsor, Jeff Andrew Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWATradioTalk. That's at SWATradioTalk. Or you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. Uh, We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of you guys listening locally in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Austin French with Freedom Him. If you are just joining us, we've had a great discussion so far, and if you would like to go back and listen to that, you can search us on uh, SWAT Radio. You can go to www.swatradio.com, or you can search us um, in the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can search SWAT Radio to listen to the rest of the discussion we've been talking about. Um, uh, just uh, about a number of things, but about the the need for uh, having uh, a, being able to voice your opinion as well as kind of what the framers intended uh, when they created the Constitution and getting into it a little bit at the end about how historically we we as Americans are kind of... Well, people don't even know. Like yeah. we were talking about in the break, and you brought up a good point. Um, it's one reason I like having you here <laughs> with me because you make me think about things that I forget about. But, you know, uh, I think it was the 17th Amendment back in the early 1900s that um, changed the from senators being uh, put up by the state yeah. to direct vote. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, so think about it for, for over a hundred years, it was the States just put two senators up to represent the interest of the state, yep. not a particular group of, or block of people. Mm-hmm. And then in the early 1900s, that changed and so most people today don't even know that that's the way it used to be because we don't know history. And you were telling me now they're trying to wipe history off of our uh, educational system because they're saying that uh, it is ethnically prejudiced in the way it presents history. And so they don't want it taught anymore, which if you stop learning history, I mean, yeah. you're going to doomed to continue to make the same mistakes that people have made forever that's yep. that's the problem with cancel culture it's the problem with all these things they're doing you know um president lincoln uh who is one of the greatest presidents of all time i don't For think sure. people would argue with that was he flawed of course he was he was human but you know what he said back in the 1800s he made a speech and he says don't interfere with anything in our constitution Mm. it must be maintained for it's the only safeguard of our liberties and not to democrats alone do i make this but to all who love these great and true principles and now we're having people that are wanting to overturn things in our constitution because they don't like it yeah and it's worked for 250 years it's provided a moderation between extremes on the right and extremes on the left. And it's made people work together. And uh, I think the fact that we are deviating so much from it, 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 you know what? Here's the thing. As a believer, you know, I've been asked this several times, Taylor, in the last few weeks. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. You know, I mean, how do we respond? And we were talking a little bit about it in the first segment. I want to go to – back to daniel for a second and and daniel and his three friends his three friends hananiah mishael nazariah in chapter three just if you're just tuning in you're not familiar with the story daniel and his three friends were taken from uh, judah they were brought from jerusalem brought all the way to babylon Uh, their parents their families were slaughtered 
And a, a group of Israelites were brought into Babylon to work and to be slaves there and to live there in captivity for 70 years. And you know why they were there 70 years? God decreed that they would be right the punishment for... Yeah, they were there 70 years because they missed 70 years of Sabbaths. Oh. For every Sabbath they did not honor... That's the number of that 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 number of years they were in captivity there. I didn't know it was it, for it's that exact, exact reason. It was huh. exact, and so you don't honor God's commands and His will. You, you there's a consequence, and mm-hmm. so anyway, so they were there. But these four young men, and we don't know there might have been more, but we know these four. God showed favor to. He lifted them up and used them to be an influence for him. But they had to go through trials. They had to go through tough situations. Daniel uh, was was almost, well, all four of them were almost killed back in chapter one because the king had a dream nobody could interpret, and so they had to trust God. Then in chapter uh, three, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown into a fiery pit for not bowing down to an idol that had been erected honoring Nebuchadnezzar. And and in that, we talked last week about how God will constantly put us in positions that test our faith, and he will, and He calls us to trust him no matter what. And they said that in chapter 3, I think verse 18, where they said, listen, even if he doesn't deliver us, we'll never bow down to you. Mm-hmm. They had conviction, right? And then and we saw in chapter uh, 6, where Daniel himself was thrown into a lion's den because he would not stop praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the second principle, we say God uses fiery times in our lives to burn away things that are holding us back. He calls us to cling to him no matter what uh, related to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that also applies to Daniel because it was a fiery time. It was just lions Mm -hmm. instead of an actual fire. But as I thought about that, I want you to think about yourself as you go through this fiery time, whatever fiery time you're going through, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's uh, job loss, whether it's relational struggles, whether it's financial struggles, whatever the fire is or the lion's den is, our attitudes, our behavior, and our decisions, what determines those? What are what What is leading those? Is it led by external pressure or is it led by internal principles? See, that's ultimately the key for God's people. And if you look at Daniel and you look at Hananiah, uh, Azariah, and Mishael, they were led by internal principles over external pressures. Yeah. And if you are connected with the Most High God, you can be like Jonathan who when all of Israel was shaking in their boots, this is Saul's son, and yet Jonathan takes a servant and he goes and he checks out the Philistines and he goes, we can take them. He goes, we can take them because the God we serve is bigger than they are and bigger than any God they serve. I mean, he was a man that was motivated by his internal principles and, and not just in that sense of war even, but even when God says, I'm going to take David and put him on the throne to replace Saul, not you, Jonathan. 
Now, that had to hurt mm-hmm. because Jonathan was supposed to inherit the kingdom. He was supposed to be the guy that was the king. But there was no insecurity there. It says he loved David like a brother. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about that. That can only happen if you are driven by the internal principles of God's sovereignty and trusting in that sovereignty and his love for you. Yeah. And and if you have that going for you, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. you you're going to be like a rock. That's why he's referred to God as – that's why the Jewish people – they don't think about God just being love. They don't think about God being power. What they say is God's my rock. He's he, He's something I can hold on to in a storm. God is my shepherd. He's going to protect me. I trust him. And I, I just, I look around and I see so many people that profess to be Christians right now who are, who are bowing down to the idol of fear. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we do foolish things. But we've got to come back and, and, and ask ourselves, how big is our God? Is he big enough to handle anything? I mean, Taylor, I, I just think about even the coronavirus. I mean, I think about a story of um, of a chief over in, uh, I think it was Thailand back in the 50s or 60s. And there was a missionary over there who was witnessing to this chief, and there was a there was uh, grasshoppers was destroying the crops and the chief said if your god's real then pray to this god to take away the grasshoppers well this missionary prayed and the grasshoppers instead of being over in all of the pagan fields just migrated to the christian fields hmm. and and at first it looked like a problem and the missionary was discouraged. But what they realized was the defecation of the grasshoppers actually fertilized the Christian crops. And the Christian crops grew hmm. in stronger and more plentiful than the pagan fields. Hmm. And and so that chief ended up following Christ as a result. But a lot of times when we pray, we may not see the immediate results we think we're going to see. And so I, we cannot base our faith in God on the, the results we see of our prayers or even what's going on in our life. It's based on his faithfulness. That's why we have the Bible. That's why we go back and we read stories like Jonathan and Daniel and Hananiah, Michelle and Azariah, Joshua, all these guys. And that's why Joshua said, not one of your promises failed. Mm-hmm. You kept them all. And he says this, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I hope that if you're listening out there and you profess to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one true living God, that you will stand firm on internal convictions and not let external pressures cause you to waver and compromise uh, in your witness, you know, because you can't lose your salvation if you are his, but you can lose your witness. And I'm afraid we've seen a lot of that in the pandemic and with everything going on. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's uh, really important what you said there about uh, Joshua, because I think there's a time for choosing is going to be coming for us here in America, and I hope that we all have the conviction and the strength to say, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, But we will be right back uh, with more after the break. Hey, if you want to call in, call us in at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-7928. We'll be right back. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. If you are just joining us, we've been talking um, a little bit about um, what's been going on in the world and in america today but also we've been talking uh looking through daniel and looking for principles that we can apply to where we are right now yeah i want to go back and i want to uh bring uh, i want to clarify something uh, just as we were talking about it um when i talk about the sabbath okay so god made the sabbath principle so that six days a week you would work in the Sunday mm-hmm. uh, or, or not the Sunday for us. We, we celebrate Sunday as a Sabbath a lot of times, but the Sabbath for them was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Sabbath was a day of rest. And they were told during that day, they would trust God um, uh, to provide. So they would only work for six days a week. Well, um, even when God was giving them manna, if you remember, you go back, uh, he said, if you, on, on the Sabbath, before the Sabbath, you can pick up two days' worth, and yeah. that way you don't have to. But if you do it every other day, it's going to stink, and that's what happened. Well, he also decreed in Leviticus that there was a Sabbath for the land every seventh year. Mm. And this is what I'm talking about. He said for every seventh year, the land was to lie fallow. That means it was it, nothing worked on it, right? He promised that he would give an abundant crop in the sixth year, so that nobody would be hungry the next year. So God was asking the people to trust him in that. But what happened is the Israelites began to flirt with pagan fertility gods. And uh, when as soon as they got into Canaan, they didn't wipe out everybody like they were supposed to, so they intermixed, and they began to worship Asherah and mm-hmm. the Baals, and they began to violate that Sabbath and God told his people if they continue to be disobedient, 
that he would take their land and it would have the rest that it did not have during the Sabbaths you lived in it. Mm. And so that's where the Sabbaths come in. For 70 years, they didn't keep that tradition. Mm. Or 490 years, actually. 490 years. So so 490 years, They were right. every seventh year, they were supposed to keep one. Mm. They didn't. So if you divide 470 by seven, what is that? 70. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't make me do math though. yeah yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying so they continued the disobedience and god brought them into um into babylon so they were there for 70 years and they the land had its rest because they didn't work it they mm. were in captivity so i just wanted to clarify that i was not talking about the sabbath of sunday or, or sorry saturday yeah. uh, but i was talking about it's so ingrained growing up right. you think about the sabbath of yeah. sunday but it's not um, so does that make sense? So mm-hmm. do you understand that now? How yeah. you get the 70? Cause every seventh year was to be quote a Sabbath or yeah. where you didn't work the land. So, uh, yeah. So going back to the internal principles and the, uh, external pressures, I think that's, uh, something that we all struggle with. We feel pressure from different things. We feel financial pressures. We feel relational pressures and a lot of times we get discouraged, and instead of allowing our internal convictions, we know the right thing to do and say, Yeah. but we retreat. I'm guilty of it. You're guil- We all mm-hmm. fall prey to it. And so what do we do when we realize we're not, we're not being people of conviction? We're, we're wavering. Well, James says that if you waver... It's not a good thing, yeah. right? It says you don't want to be somebody that wavers. That's awful. We don't want to be wavering. We want to be people of conviction. So when you realize that you are wavering, you repent, mm-hmm. which means to turn. It's, I don't want to be like that anymore. And you thank Jesus for the cross. You thank him for what he did. Embrace your brokenness and say, I'm, I'm a broken person, but Thank goodness for the cross that humbles you and the next opportunity that comes up for you to take a stand, you take a stand. Yeah. And if you blow it again, you come back to the cross again and you keep the Bible says a righteous man falls seven or six times, but gets up seven. Hmm. In other words, you keep on going. So whatever the struggle is for you, you've got to remember that God is sovereign he knows your struggles. He's watching you struggle. And what he wants more than anything is for you to acknowledge your need for him. And even after, you know, being in ministry for 25 years, full-time as a vocational evangelist and minister, uh, I've realized that I need Jesus now more than I needed him then mm-hmm. when I got into ministry. Yeah. I need him more because I find myself, and I identify with Paul, who says, man, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, what am I going to do, he says. But there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. That's such an encouraging passage for us. And so as you're going through life out there, whatever you're dealing with, please remember that God is a God who says, I will take you, and I will lead you if you let me. I will lead you 
and he wants you to be a person of conviction. I don't ever see God confirming, uh, uh, affirming wavering in the Bible. Yeah, I I can't think of I, And I, I think also, like, the way we're wired that we don't admire wavering. I think no. that's from God, you know what I mean? So, like, it's ingrained to that we want to have conviction. You almost want to follow somebody who has conviction, even if they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, you're just, but they believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was saying, do you believe he's true? Or do you believe that what he's saying is true? And the person said, no, but I believe he believes it's true because <laughs> he's so convicted about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I get grief sometimes because I come across very direct and I'm passionate about things. And even in talking to people, I start talking. And if we have a difference of opinion, because I'm so passionate, people think I'm angry. I'm not angry. Yeah. I'm just passionately trying to um, win the argument, mm-hmm. so to speak. But also, um, I'm just passionate about it. And I sometimes I have to step back and go, wow, I was wrong in that. But I'm not going to be I'm, I'm not going to be wavering about it. Yeah. And then. You know, there's a way to in- interact with people because sometimes I know that for me, I'm I'm similar. Like, yeah, I might have uh, got my point across, but I lost the argument because the person <laughs> was like, "I don't even care what you have to say." I, I, you know, I know, I, mean? I know, because we come across. I know we get so fired up yeah. about it. But uh, I, you know, I remember one time uh, one of my mentors told me. He said, "You know, there's a lot of because I, I was talking to him about speaking for Jesus and." You know, it was a time where I was wanting to go do retreats mm-hmm. and 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 conferences and stuff. And he just told me, he said, Doug, good speakers are a dime a dozen. He said, but what's rare is somebody who burns for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what do you burn for? I mean, really, what are you burning for out there? I mean, are, do you burn for anything? Are, are you just content to not be passionate about anything? I mean, of all the people in the universe that have a reason to be passionate, the followers of Christ have the most reasons. Yeah. I mean, the king of the universe comes to earth, takes the form of a human, walks the earth, endures putting his power aside, having to be spit on, tortured, beaten, ridiculed, mocked, all the things he did so that you and I could be part of his family eternally and enjoy the fruits of what was originally supposed to happen in the garden of Eden. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't make you want to be passionate for him, you don't have a pulse. Hmm. I mean, that that's in, that's just the most incredible news ever. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not a fairy tale. I mean, I, I can just, I, I, I get frustrated sometimes because we have the most incredible God. All the others are idols. Yeah. They're made of silver, gold, whatever, wood. They can't do anything. But we have a God that we can talk to that actually cares about what goes on in our life and has written a whole book to us to tell us how to interact with him and his expectations and what he's done for us. And so I I just, Taylor can't even understand why people, I mean, I know 
Life happens. People get upset. I get that. You have a bad day. I understand. But every Sunday, every Sunday you go to church, I can understand every now and then having a bad day and not feel. But every Sunday, every day you carry yourself and you call yourself a believer and you don't experience the hope of eternity, then where's the Holy Spirit in that? Is the Holy Spirit real? Mm. I mean, I, I, I just... It's beyond me because I get discouraged about circumstances, but I'd never get discouraged about my God because my God is able. He's a big God. Daniel, if you read about Daniel and go to his book, you see I don't. this guy was thrown in the lion's den. He was stripped. I mean, all these things. There's not one negative thing said about Daniel in the Bible ever. You can't find it. Yeah. You can't find anything negative about this guy. And yet he was thrown in the lion's den. He was stripped away from his family. He was conscripted into service as a slave servant. And and you never even when he was told by his peers you can't pray, he goes and does it anyway, and he doesn't change anything. He's a passionate guy who was ruled by his internal convictions. So the question we as believers should be asking is, what is my conviction? Yeah, that's good. And, yeah, I like that. And we are out of time for today, but we are going to have to talk more about that on Wednesday. Um, you have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. There's a tab up. You can click on the past shows and you can find all of our shows there. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Tomorrow we have HB, uh, Pastor HB Charles. So make sure you tune in for that because he will be on with us tomorrow. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.